This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. Well, over the last 17 months, as we've endured the pandemic, we've seen some businesses absolutely thrive, while others, not so much. Our next guest argues that those that have thrived were, in fact, prepared for an unexpected event like a pandemic, or maybe it wasn't even a pandemic that they were prepared for, but something else unexpected, and they were able to pivot and take advantage of the change. Joining us now is Jonathan Brill, former global futurist at Hewlett Packard. He's also the author of Rogue Waves, Future Proof Your Business to Survive and Profit from Radical Change. He joins us on the phone from Boston. Jonathan, the book is out today. Congratulations. Uh, Really appreciate you joining us on Bloomberg Business Week Radio. First of all, what is a rogue wave? Hey, Tim, thanks for having me. So you've probably heard of a black swan event. These are completely unpredictable things that come out of nowhere. And often CEOs use this as an excuse. But the reality is that most uh, radical disruptions are more knowable than you might imagine. Hmm. They're what I call rogue waves. They're unmanageable 100-foot waves of change that are caused by the collision of individually manageable disruptions. I mean, when you think about something like COVID, uh, the, the fall of Kabul, the floods in Germany or China over the last uh, couple of months, they're important, but what really amplified them was waves of social, economic, and technological change. And that's actually what the disruption is, right? We opened up after after the last round of COVID, we just heard in the advertising, and we're now seeing a bit of a resurgence as a result of that. It's all of the things around the pandemic that are causing the impact not just the pandemic itself. And the same is true of opportunities. Uh, Over the last couple of years, uh, we've seen this explosion of mRNA vaccines, for instance. Uh, The the fall of Kabul is going to create opportunities, maybe not for the United States, but for China, uh, which is searching for rare earth resources, which Mm -hmm. are common in Afghanistan. And the flooding uh, in Asia and the miscalculation of the likelihood of these 100-year, 1,000-year floods is going to create great rebuilding opportunities for some construction companies. And so for the, the, the lesson here is that a lot of times when you have volatility, when you have disruption, uh, it's a threat for some people, but it's an opportunity for the ones that are prepared. So the question isn't uh, how do I respond to uh, how, how do I understand and predict every rogue wave? It's how do I respond when these things hit my business, when they, when they hit my finances, my operations, they change my external environment, or maybe they impact my strategy. But a lot of times, Jonathan, companies, it, leaders, if, if you don't know what that rogue, rogue wave will be, there's only so much you can do to prepare for it, right? Let's take COVID, for example. And let's say you're yeah. Jeff Bezos, who was running Amazon until last month. He didn't know that he had to get so much PPE to provide to frontline workers or know that there would be a very rapid expansion and growth of, of, of Amazon grocery delivery or Whole Foods grocery delivery, for example. Um, or did he, right? Well, what he knew, uh, be, I've spent some, some time with uh, leaders at Amazon. What they knew was... Uh, they had a really good systems model of their organization, and they knew exactly how hard they could push or pull the, the levers. And so the issue wasn't that they were ready for a pandemic. They didn't pull out their COVID playbook. They were really ready for everything. Most companies really look internally at, at the things they can control, whether it's their uh, finances, 
uh, or their operations. But the reality is most of the things that cause sustained impact on business value are external and strategic. So the question is, uh, how would you respond when any of the major uh, uh, risk levers are, are hit or, or when they're hit in different combinations? And one of the things that, that Amazon's particularly good at and uh, that I'm an advocate of is gaming out what are those possibilities, pressure testing your organization, mm. uh, asking what would happen if something unimaginable hit us. Because at the end of the day, Amazon had a really good year, and it was because they weren't ready. It wasn't because they were ready for COVID. It was because they were ready for anything. Yeah, and that's the key here is being ready for the unexpected. And certainly I do wonder to what extent companies after learning from the last 17 months are going to have strategies in place that will help them prepare for whatever that next black swan or rogue wave or unexpected event will be. Hey, Jonathan Brill, stick with us because we're going to come back to you in just a few minutes. We're going to do some news. Jonathan Brill is former global futurist at Hewlett Packard, also the author of Rogue Waves, Future Proof Your Business to Survive and Profit from Radical Change. The book is out now. It came out today. Jonathan Brill joining us live from Boston. We're going to have much more with him in just a few minutes. I want to get right back to Jonathan Brill, former global futurist at Hewlett Packard, also the author of Rogue Waves, Future Proof Your Business to Survive and Profit from Radical Change. He joins us on the phone from Boston. Rogue Waves is out today, and Jonathan joins us once again. Now, Jonathan, I, I, I want to talk about this, the framework that you developed in this book, the Resilient Growth Strategy. Um, you call it the ABCs of resilient growth. Take us through it. Yeah, so when we think about companies that are consistently profitable through uh, radical changes like uh, like COVID, uh, what we see is that they have consistent characteristics, what they call the ABCs of resilient growth, awareness. Uh, if your people don't know why they need to change, obviously they're not going to uh, do that. So you need to focus on improving awareness of the operating environment through the organization. You need to focus on behavior. It doesn't really matter. Uh, if your people know that a tsunami is coming, if they don't have the skills to respond. And so the question really is, do your managers at all levels have the ability to make sense of, increase resilience to, and exploit radical change? And then the C in the ABCs is about uh, creating a culture. You know, do you have the processes and incentives to encourage uh, employees to make decisions that balance both near-term performance and long-term growth? If they, if they don't, if you don't, Obviously, they won't. So when you wrap that up, you get a, a recipe for a more resilient organization. We were talking earlier about a company like Amazon, and uh, you know this is true for them, but it's also true for a farmer that they work with in Ohio. Mm. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about, because not everybody is in charge of making decisions at a company like Amazon or in charge of a team even and has to prepare a team for a, a rogue wave. What are some lessons that, that people can take away from this who are managers, who are employees, who are looking to become managers? What are their takeaways? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, first of all, you're, you're right. Not everybody can be in charge of everything, but you can have uh, provide clarity, clarity around what they call risk bands. So this is a simple thing when you... Uh, ask somebody to do something, tell them how much risk you want them to take, but also tell them how little that you'll accept. If you don't give that a bump at the bottom, you know, inevitably people will 
take the least risky path forward as opposed to perhaps the best path forward or, or the, the one that you can accept. What, do, what about when it comes to, to people who are looking just for their own leadership lessons here and how to lead through turbulent times? That's a great question. So uh, one of the things we talked about in the book, and there are hundreds of ideas like this, is a communication method for uh, leading un under uncertainty. When you're not the boss, huh. how do you talk to people in a way that you'll be heard? First, you, you uh, it's what I call the lead method. And first you say, here's the logic of what I'm suggesting. The second is about empathy, saying, hey, you know, I understand you might have a different perspective. You might have different goals. I understand where you're coming from. Let me just double check on that. The third is authority, right? Even if I'm not the boss, why do I have some experience in this situation? And why might I be the person to listen to? The fourth, the D in lead, is about the deadline, right? How long do we have to make a decision? We can decide who's going to do what for however long. But at the end of the day, by Tuesday, we actually need to close out on this because if not, there will be an issue moving forward. So if you just take those four pieces of information, logic, empathy, authority, and deadline, you inoculate against most of the things, most of the political issues that more senior managers might use against you or uh, that might cause you to not be heard as a more junior employee. When John, you're looking at when you see kind of that iceberg on the horizon. Well, uh, speaking of the iceberg on the horizon, I think a, a lot of people are thinking about, OK, well, the pandemic. Yes, that is something that we need to be prepared for the next pandemic, perhaps, or the continued evolution of this current pandemic. Um, how do we get what are the other types of shocks that companies need to be prepared for? What are those what are those unknowns? That's a great question. And, and I think one of the. In the book, we talk about 10 major disruptions that are happening over the next decade. Uh, when it was at HP, we spent several million dollars researching the range of possible issues every year. Was one of those a pandemic? Them down. Uh, one of them was, was actually a pandemic. It's in the SEC risk filings. Uh, we've announced uh, some, some uh, businesses that are coming out of that research in our mm. microfluidics business. Uh, and, and we've been really looking at work from home technologies and how we could uh, shift the, the nature of the business, uh, not necessarily for COVID, but as, if something like this happens relatively quickly. Uh, the result of that is if you take a look at Xerox over the last year and their EPS versus uh, HP's, HP's has been relatively stable versus Xerox's being down, uh, I think, last year, something like 69% by gap. So the result is, you know, if you take a look at this, two companies that should be pure companies have radically different results because one of them took a resilient growth strategy and thought really hard about rogue waves. And one of them, I believe at least, uh, optimized for the near term. What was the moment over the last 18 months when you realized you needed to write a book about this? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm passionate about uh, what's possible. Uh, kind of breakthrough questions. And I had a moment, uh, you know, last year, uh, I guess 18 months ago about this time, where I realized I knew these things. They had, they had unique knowledge, and we had, to, uh, we had to get ahead of the future as a society, as, a, as companies and leaders. Do you think that the way we think about collaboration changes the way that, that managers are, are planning for these events? And I ask because everybody is talking about 
to what extent we're going to be returning to work in the quote unquote new normal physically. And I just wonder how that that changes planning for these types of events, whether or not you have a distributed workforce around the country versus everybody in one building in a city. So I think what you're asking, and let's just let's just take a slightly different metaphor, is the difference between uh, like in the military, the infantry and the special forces. You You manage them differently. Uh, You tend to give orders a little bit differently. And what we're moving from is that lockstep where where the the infantry always has communication from the top to a world in which we need to be coordinated both, uh, uh, you know, uh, we need to be both coordinated and autonomous. And that looks a lot more like special forces. I used to have a special forces operator uh, who was my head of strategy. Hmm. And he gave me some really good advice once, uh, mainly because I was terrible at giving orders. And, <laughs> you know, that's what the Army's good at. Uh, and he said, okay, here's the deal. Uh, you, keep coming, uh, you keep coming to me, giving me half information, and then running away right. for three weeks. Right? Right. Like, what I want you to do is really simple. Tell me what's the context. What do we right. know about the situation? What do we not know? Uh, and then, uh, you know, what, what do I need to do? if you don't come back. The context is always so important. Jonathan Brill, former global futurist at Hewlett Packard, also the author of Rogue Waves, Future Proof Your Business to Survive and Profit from Radical Change. The book is out today. That's going to do it for Bloomberg Business Week. Join us tomorrow, same time, same place. Don't miss Sound On with Joe Matthew today at 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. Up next, Joe's going to speak to Massachusetts Representative Seth Moulton, a veteran of the Afghanistan war on the Taliban takeover. That's Sound On today at 5 on Bloomberg Radio.